Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Lions Radio Network, where the show takes you on a roaring adventure with entertaining and stimulating topics focusing on entertainment, sports, business, world news, along with many other topics. Whatever your interests are, you will find them right here on Lions Radio Network. Welcome to Lions Radio Network. I'm your host, Donna Lyons, coming to you live from Washington, D.C. I'm super excited to have my guest on this evening, Mark Littell, who is a professional baseball player who pitched in the major leagues from 1973 to 1982 for the Kansas City Royals and St. Louis Cardinals. Primarily a relief pitcher, Mark served as the Royals' closer and is best remembered for giving up a walk-off home run to the New York Yankees first baseman. He is also the mastermind behind the Nutty Buddy Sports Protector, and we'll talk about that a bit. He is also an author and has written two books. The first book is On the Eighth Day, God Made Baseball, where he takes you through his wild and woolly career as a baseball player from his very first at-bat when he was six years old through his career in the major leagues. The next book is Country Boy, Conveniently Wild, which I am reading right now, and it's hilarious. Um, and it's about him him growing up in the country, and we're going to have him talk about it. So I'm really excited to have him on tonight. And Mark, welcome to the show. Donna, I'm really glad to be aboard. And uh, you did have to bring up, I guess, the Shambles Home Run. I guess we'll end up talking about that again tonight, so whatever. <laughs> and then... Uh, <laughs> So, uh, the other thing, so you've got a redneck guy on here from uh, Missouri, and I'm in Tennessee right now, now so I'm, uh, I'm still got redneck aboard here, so that's, that's where I'm at. <laughs> now, are you, are you doing book signings right now? I am. Uh, matter of fact, I went over to a bookstore today at, at Novel. Uh, it's where they have some of the big signings in Memphis, and I'm going to do one there in May, May 24th, and then... I was up at the VA in uh, Popper Bluff and went over and talked to the troops over there. And while I was there, I did a signing in Popper Bluff. And then I went up to Cape Girardeau, where I was, that's where I was born, actually born, and uh, went, did a signing at um, Al Capri Casino in Cape Girardeau. And uh, I'm, I'm actually from Gideon, Missouri, which is a little bitty wide spot in a road. We had a one stop light down there and 900 people in town. and my brother and I grew up uh, out on a farm in Gideon, Missouri, and uh, my father and uh, was a Korean uh, uh, veteran and uh, 
he got shot all the hell over in Korea, and my mother took care of him because she ended up being a nurse for 53 years, a registered nurse. So that, that, was, a, that was a big plus right there. Uh, the bad yeah, thing is that Eric and I were a moving target if we talked. So, <laughs> so, 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 so I read the I read these stories in your book. I know, I, I know how mischievous you boys were. <laughs> yeah, I noticed you were reading the books. Uh, we I, we got in a lot of trouble, but you know, Dad, uh, be, being the Marine that he was, uh, pretty much kept our kept our asses in line, you know, for the most part. So. Uh, Let's yeah, talk about him. And we had our son. He, he, had her, he was on us quick. So, yeah. Let's and, and talk about your dad was, real was, quick. Yeah, well, it was a yes sir, no sir family. And uh, uh, the thing is, is my dad had gotten shot over in uh, Korea. My mother was uh, carrying me, had been carrying me for three months at the time when he got, when he got hit. And, my dad never said a darn thing, really, at all to Eric and I uh, about the the war, the the conflict in Korea. Was that my gr- but my brother and I were kind of griping one day about how high it was because we grew up, we grew up on a soybean cotton farm down in the Boot Hill, Missouri. In the, the Boot Hill is basically the part that Arkansas didn't want. It hangs into Arkansas. So, but the <laughs> thing is, my yeah, my dad said. Uh, he said, well, boys, he says, I remember the hottest day I ever was was behind a grave, a headstone in North Korea, and it was getting peppered by fire. And uh, we, we just kind of looked up, and we I guess we kind of stopped sweating when he said that and uh, got a little cold about it. But And he and he said, there's, there's just some real poor people over there. I saw a lot of really poor people, you know, kids fighting for rice on the docks, you know, and the, you know, those burlap sacks full of rice, and they'd be dropping out. And he said they're just scrambling for just a, you know, just a just a grain of rice. And then, uh, so that was about all that was said. But I kind of, before my first book came out, about well, a little bit over a year ago, about a year and six months, I, I guess. Uh, I had gotten a, uh, a report, from, a chaplain's report from my sister-in-law. She said, Mark, I said, I think you got this wrong on this one part of the book. And I said, really? And I said, okay. So she sent me the, the chaplain's report. And I did not know. My, my dad had gotten a, a presidential citation. You know, I didn't, uh, I knew he'd gotten a bronze star and some, you know, obviously Purple Heart. But he was, uh, he was, he acted as a decoy to get the men out of the cemetery. Uh, so, he actually he's left-handed and he made a motion with his right hand and go 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 like that and and uh, I guess he got hit by a Czechoslovakian made burp gun and uh, and then they made it down to out to where they could get out and, you know and he started to get down and scramble out and he got hit by some shrapnel and went down and uh, so he was in no man's land and uh, it was a black guy. Uh, and, and an American Indian that went back in there, uh, they actually thought he had bought it. But uh, the Marines and our armed service people believe in no man left behind. And so they went in there and drug him out, and he was still alive. And they got him to a mass unit, and then they got him over to that uh, the great White Hope ship. And the, the, he remembers, uh, from what my mother had told me, just laying there, uh, shot up, and one of the doctors said, the other doctor says, you want to you want to take that off below the elbow, or do you want to try to save it? And the doctor said, let's let's try to save that arm. So uh, my dad wore a brace, a metal brace, and I remember 
us going up to uh, Jefferson Barracks up to the hospital up there in uh, St. Louis. And uh, but it's it's really interesting. The part that I didn't know was my that my mom was carrying me for three months. And you know, you talk about all these gigantic plans and things of that nature. You know, the universe and things how it works is uh, uh, it was it was hard for me right there. But my brother wouldn't have been born, and he's a year and sixteen days behind me. And uh, Eric plays a big part in my life. Uh, he, because he caught me, and uh, and uh, we, you know you got a pitcher catcher brother outfit right there. We we had fun with umpires. We could have a whole lot of fun, matter of fact. But uh, <laughs> but it was <laughs> we'll get to that later. But it was it was a, it was a tough tough time for me, you know, knowing that. And I and I felt I said my dad was. I said to my brother today. I said you know our father was he was way way better than us. You know, we uh, way ahead of us. I mean, no matter what we do, I said we can't top what he did. And Eric said, "You're right." I said, "He, he really did some amazing stuff." And I said, "Because to all those veterans out there, it's just I don't see how they do it." Because you know, you talk about the Shambles home run and Kansas City Royals. They were sitting there thinking, "Well, is this 23 year old kid going to?" You know, is, is he going to come back from this thing? How's he going to bounce back? You know, because that was the only home run I, I really gave up all year. You know, I mean, I pitched over 100 innings, and uh, well, I gave up one in the season, and I gave up that one, but that was the furthest thing from my mind. And I'm sitting here thinking about my dad, and I said, well, that home run's nothing compared to anything what our soldiers in the field do. And I said, it's just uh, not even close. So. Right. You know, I, I I did I did rebound obviously, but that doesn't matter. You know, it, it's a, there's a lot more because they're they're doing some they're they're facing some potential death out there, and uh, it's pretty amazing what they go through. And uh, you know, my mom was there for my father, and uh, he would wake up in the middle of the night two to three times a week, just just hollering and screaming, and you know, and uh, you know, Eric and I just that was kind of a, a built-in thing uh, back then that we that we knew was going to happen. And uh, he got better as he got older. And uh, right. so, but, uh, you know, I understand the, I understand the veterans a little bit. I don't understand each one individually because I'm not walk, walking in their shoes, but I sure try to be. Let's put it that way. So, right. Right. And wh- when you and I first started talking, you had sent me a picture because I do wreaths across America every year over at Arlington national cemetery. We place the wreaths on the headstones. Um, yeah. And you had sent me a picture of where your father's buried with the wreath on it. And I went, oh, my God, what a small world that, you know, your father's buried right there, right down the street from me. And I just it's it is the most solemn and beautiful place I've ever been. And it really is a reality check for anyone who has never been there. I highly suggest you go because it's a reality check to step foot on those grounds and you see miles and miles of headstones it's it's insane well you get you get goosebumps when you go out there Uh, right uh, it's just uh, a different it's just a different scenario uh, compared to what else is out there in the united states when you walk into this very very special place of rest for our soldiers and and the way you're treated as family even 
that they are very, very respectful of what is going on. And I think we're missing that a little bit today. I mean, um, I, I know when I was growing up and playing baseball, there was 160 million people in the country. Now we've got 320, so we've got double. And uh, it's a little bit tougher experience, you know, different. And uh, But, you know, there's, yeah. there's a lot of things going on out there. And our, our and our guys, it seems like they always, you know, you know, they they pull it together and, and, and get a lot done. I, I mean, there's a lot of things we don't know they do, and we're not supposed to know that. But it's just uh, amazing what our, our soldiers can do and uh, our armed services. So, exactly. Yeah, well, I thank your dad. I mean, uh, God bless him and rest in peace and your mom for taking care of him. And, and God bless both of them for taking care of you boys. Because I want to talk about this book, Country Boy, Conveniently Wild. I mean, you tell some stories in there. And I love that right. you're so honest. It is so endearing and hilarious at the same time. I can't even tell you. Um, I was just telling you the story about the cow got me. I I lost it. Right. I was <laughs> What inspired well, you yeah, to write this? Well, you know, the, the names are for real. You know, uh, Miss Pettigrew lived across the road from my mom and right. Sally, who was in, Ta- in Tallapoosie, Missouri. And uh, and so, you know, the, the the thing was is that uh, Eric and I were pretty mischievous at the time because <laughs> we were always, you know, you had to be creative when you lived on a farm. And, you know, you just didn't go down the block and start playing with kids and, so my, my dad hollered at us, and he said, hey, boys, he says, come on over here. We were 13 and 12 at the time. He says, I want you to put Miss Pettigrew's cow up and fix and put it back in the barn over there and, and fix the latch. And and we said, well, no problem. So we put the rope around the cow. Nobody had a had a cow down there, by the way. You know, uh, this cow wouldn't even give him milk anymore because it's all row crop down there. But Miss Pettigrew, her, her, her uh, husband had died. And so, you know, when you're pretty, you know, good country people in the South or wherever you are in this country, you know, you have a tendency to help your neighbor. So we put the cow up and, you know, we always heard my my dad and my Uncle Bill and my Uncle Jack always talking around the table about dog push. And we were trying to figure out what dog push was forever. And and we did figure it out. And so what it was (laughs) is when when a mangy old dog come into the yard and they were trying to get rid of it, they they go over to the shop and get some turpentine and just kind of, you know, fire it on its butt up there, and he just scoot across the yard and then just uh, front front paws all going at it, and you know there he was. And so I, Eric and I put the cow up, and we were done with the latch. And I said, well, why don't we just do what Dad and Uncle Jack did, and Uncle Bill? He said, what's that? I said, do the dog push thing. Only I'll I'll soak the, I'll get this corn cob here and soak it in some tur- turpentine. And he said, well you. He said, "Well, you can count me out on that one." He said, "I'm not, I'm not going to do that dastardly deed." And so, so I, I found the turpentine because every farmer's got turpentine somewhere around there, and I and I found it. And uh, so I did that, and I, I picked up the tail, and I, you know, I hit I hit the sweet spot, and I hit it right on the mark. And about 20 <laughs> seconds later, I backed off. There wasn't nothing happening. And all of a sudden, that cow does the same darn thing the dog does, and puts its butt right on the ground and starts dragging across the, the barn. <laughs> And then, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, the, the cow starts kicking and tearing the barn apart. And so, oh, crap, man, we're in trouble. So we went back to the house. So we had lunch or dinner, rather. Dinner was lunch. And so we, Mom and Sally said, hey, you, you two boys go wash your hands up. So we spent a little bit more time in there than usual. And 
when we came back in. She said, yeah, your, father, your dad should be here in just a second. I said, oh, gosh. She said, yeah, and then we'll say prayers and eat. And I said, yeah, lots of prayers, lots of prayers. Anyway, dad came in, <laughs> put his cap up on the refrigerator and, and looked at us us two, and he, and he kind of said, hey, did you boys get that cow up? And I said, yes, sir. And he, he didn't hesitate on him. And my brother said, and we fixed the latch. And I said, uh-huh, you, you, yeah, we fixed the latch. And he said, well, good, I'll go over and check it out after we, after lunch. Uh-huh. So anyway, uh, I bet it wasn't two minutes later we were sitting there. We had, we said the prayers, and Eric and I were just praying our butts off at the time. And, that you know, so Miss Pettigrew comes to the screen door, and all of a sudden she's yelling, Alan, Alan. And we didn't, you know, and anything <laughs> down, Miss Pettigrew, come on in. And so she came on in, and. Alan, my cow has gone mad. It's just tearing up the barn. It's just picking it all up. And so anyway, he said, Miss Pettigrew, I'll be right there. And he, and she said, okay. So and so he turns around after she leaves, and he's standing up getting his cap on, and he turns around and points his finger at us. And like I said, we knew to answer him you know, pretty quick. He said, what do you two boys do to that cow? And I said, well, we did what you and Uncle Bill and Uncle Jack did with the dog foot thing, and I did with a corn cob. And he said, I'll deal with you two later. And my, my grandmother was just sitting there shaking her head, because I'm, I'm sure she's been through this before. And so Miss Pettigrew was kind of on our side, because Cal hadn't given up. He should have been ground up in a burger anyway, Eric and I said. And so the, so she said, you know, now, Alan, you take it easy on those boys. I said, you know, they're, they're good boys, and you and, and you and Jack and Bill did the same darn thing. I mean, that, that the big the big root didn't help at all. It didn't, you know. So, I mean, we we both felt like we lost half our ass, you know. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, man, Is he that- smacked it. Eric Eric always, Eric Eric caught on a couple of years later. I just never seemed to catch on. I mean, I made you do yourself, so. <laughs> Is there one other story in the book that stands out to you that just you always have to, I mean, people ask you about it? Well, you know, we had rat killings after church on Sundays, but that's, that's nothing new. <laughs> I mean, we had machetes and bats and five gallons of gas and five gallons of diesel, and we, and we basically blew rats up. But, you know, they come out <laughs> wet, and we'd smoke them with matches, and they'd be running around. But the one story I kind of like was when we I kind of did a really bad thing was my dad we we talked our dad into letting us blow a stump up because we really wanted to blow stumps because we was helping him blow stumps and, and we knew how to do this you know this is this was this wasn't rocket scientists to us and so we had this old big old 63 well it wasn't even a 63 it was it was like a 59 international pickup and it was like built like a tank and you know they're all steel and and so uh we talked dad and let us do it. And he said, I'll let you guys do that as long as you do one thing. And we said, what's that? He said, do not cut the cord once you light it. We said, no problem. We will not cut the cord. <laughs> so, and, uh, so we pull that, uh, we, we, we go to Tallapoosey up, up where Mama Sally is. We raid the kitchen. We go out there and we find the, the stump that we're going to do. And it's a pretty big one. There's an oak stump. And he said to put 12 sticks down the hole. So we, we were going to auger three sides like normal, put four down each hole, which we said, you know, Eric, Eric I said, this is a big old stuff. I said, we got to, we got to get six on, we got to get six on here. That's, that's 18 sticks. Eric said, yeah, why not? 
So, you know, we, we call them turds. So we, we put, you know, eight, you know, 17 turds down, and then we put the hot turd with the cap on it and the, and the line on it, the cord, and then poke that last one down in there, you know, make it nice and snug and tight. And so I told Eric, I said, fire in a hole, you ready to go? So we had our Timex watches on, you know, and, we were, <laughs> you know, so for every foot, it was a minute. So we set a five-minute, we set a five-foot fuse on there, so it's five minutes. So the truck was parked maybe 15 feet away. We didn't move it yet. We were going to move it 100 yards out. And so I start, I started it, you know, put it in gear, and it went, wow, 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 and then it went, crap. And so I put it in reverse, wow, 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 I put it in first back <laughs> in, wow, 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 I'm stuck. I'm stuck in sand. And, uh, and so this truck's got to stay there because Dad said, do not cut the cord. So we already had the dye mine in the back. We already had the caps up front. So that was fine. Nothing's going to happen there. And so I said, Eric, I said, we got to go. And he said, yep. So we went out there about 50 yards, and we had the, the truck between us and the stump, and we were counting down 21, 28. He said, no, no, eight, you know, 29, 28. And I said, so we're trying to guess the time out there. So, you know, on where we lived, we grew up in an earthquake zone, the New Madrid Fault. And you, the dirt is just wonderful there. It's the best thing country i think so anyway you felt it shimmer for about a half a second then you felt the big boom go off and, and then we were getting crap out there on us from 50 yards out even truck and you know blocking us and you could hear everything hit the side of the truck it blew all the windows out it looked like it it, it was just unreal so it just blew all it just blew the windows out immediately and just hammered the whole side of the driver's side of the truck and it was just uh, ridiculous <laughs> So Eric and I go up and check it out. There's a five-foot hole there, probably 15 foot across, and it's right up to the truck door. And so, and we so we get it unstuck. We drive the truck back, you know, like motorcycle guys who so are, you know, fighting off bugs in the because there's no window. And uh, so Dad, my dad was never in the shop, and he was in the shop that day for some stupid reason. And uh, I drove in on the good side, and I parked far enough away to where I didn't want him to see the windows. It didn't. You, it looked like the, wind, the windows had been Windex, but there's no glass. You know, they were that clean. Well, there's no glass. <laughs> so, you know, so I, we parked far enough away, and so Eric gets out, and he's, he's a corporate of a guy anyway. He's he's dry sense of humor. Dad said, you boys get that stuff blown? Eric said, we sure did, but we had one little problem. And I'm sitting there on my back in the front seat trying to kick open the driver's door so I can at least have some kind of a run and start there for him. Because <laughs> I knew I was going to lose half my ass again, but he this time he didn't say a word, and we thought, man, God, he's not even saying anything. Good grief! So he he goes in the house. I turned to Eric. I said, "You think he's going to shoot us?" <laughs> so and so anyway, he actually went in and called the insurance insurance guy, and so we got a a, a brand new '64 Chevy. Uh, uh, C- C10 with a 327 engine in it is a good date truck because I was getting ready to turn 16 at the time. So at least I could <laughs> wax it and polish it. So that was a good thing. And it would haul ass. So, but, uh, but, uh, I, well, your craziness went, your craziness followed you into adulthood because I was, oh, I, yeah. I know that you, you created, <laughs> oh, yeah, you created the Nutty Buddy. And yep. yeah, I want you to tell the listeners what that is, but I was watching your video and I have to tell you, ouch, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, it's it's pretty, crazy, well, but women hilarious. Like, women, like, women like my video. They keep playing it over and over. <laughs> they like seeing guys get hit there. 
And so guys <laughs> praying to, you know. You asked you to do actually, it. Yeah, I stood behind my product, literally. And, uh, well, the Nutty Nutty <laughs> is what it stands for is, uh, you know, it, it's a protective cup. And uh, so it's anatomically correct. I've won five awards with the damn thing. And, and once again, I'm ADD is all get out. It took me about 10 seconds to figure this thing out. The engineer at Nike said, how long did it take you to figure that out? About 10 seconds. I said, maybe eight. Because I saw a flash going from my brain for some reason. And uh, <laughs> so I figured it out, and, and I made it and, and it, and it is what it is. It's a very, very good protective cup. But I got five sizes, and the five sizes are hammer, boss, hog, trophy, and mondo. <laughs> so, so I don't – so, you know, the, the little eighth, eighth grader, he wants mongo, and, and, no, and no guy wants to go up there with a small, so he goes up there with the hog, you know, with a good-looking chick at the checkout counter. So, say, hey, babe, I've got a hog here. You know, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a great cup, and we did, we've done some stuff with the military. I've been to six military shows, and I really, man, I love seeing those guys come through there. You know, it's just amazing. You know, when I go to a military show, I'm always one of the top draws out of 750 military contractors when I go to those shows usually because they're just showing me getting hit in the nuts on that thing because I take shots, you know, <laughs> from from uh, four and a half feet away. And you know, so I did my first one, and then uh, this uh, commie, uh, Keith Overman, uh, was on there one night. And he showed my video. He got it some way on. I don't know how he got it. So he, he was showing it. And and uh, next day, every, my, they knocked our website down, I guess. And so my, my, my partner called me and he said, you know, our website went down. And I said, really? So my mom said, you were on uh, Keith Overman last night. I said, what was I doing in there? She says, I think it was something with your, you know, your nutty buddy. I said, really? So anyway, uh, it knocked it down. And uh, so after that thing went on, uh, Fox and Friends Morning Show, and t- they wanted me to take a shot in Times Square, you know, in the nuts again. So that's, that was my, <laughs> that's pretty much on my resume, you know. That's my uh, forte of, uh, you might say, what do you do every six months? Well, I get hit in the nuts. That's what I do. And so, and you know, so I've been on, I've been on Fox and Friends, Fox Sports Science, Lopez, Tom Green, you know, and uh, Tom Green had Miss USA on there, and she comes up there with a paintball gun, and you know, and she misses the first time, and I said, sweetheart, you got to hit me in the nuts, please. And so, <laughs> so, so she hit me, and she hit me in the thigh. I mean, it was only like 15 feet away. I said, you can shoot that thing, can't you? And she says, yeah. Well, hell, she missed. That pissed me off. So I said, sweetheart, please, you got to hit me in the nuts. Come on. So you know, let's get with it. You know, sharpen up here. So anyway. Did she finally hit you? Oh, yeah. The second shot, she hit me. Hallelujah. But, you know, that was a good one. I was glad. I said, yeah, that was spot on. Yeah. Yeah, you know, people look at me, take those shots. They say, how do you do that? I said, well, I know my product. What the heck? Pretty simple. You know, yeah, well, exactly. Everybody, all these little engineers, because we got one that's classified level 3A from the military. Uh, we haven't made it. We haven't put it out because the military doesn't want it yet. But the thing about it is, I've been to the, the testing and stuff, and all these little engineers are standing around. They look at it, then they start clapping. They come over to <laughs> me and they say, are you an engineer? And I said, no, I'm a redneck from Missouri. And so, 
<laughs> so, I'm, I'm pretty truthful. I'm, I'm a point blank guy. So. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm reading it in your book. It's hilarious. And I have, I can't let you go without asking you. So it's 1976 American league championship series. And yep. Chris Chambliss is up to bat and it was the only second run home run you allowed in more than a hundred innings pitched that year. Um, right. So right. what happened? <laughs> well, I don't know, but it went out about two and a half, two, two, two and a half feet, I guess. But it, it still went over the fence, and and uh, it was it was actually extremely cold that night. It didn't matter, you know, that's baseball. But we had a seven minute delay, and uh, you know they were throwing uh, you know bottles down, and you know Boone's Farm bottles or batteries, and you know Al Callen said somebody threw a a condom in a packet at him and you know he looked over at it and kicked it around a little bit and and uh but it was so you know we had that delay and finally they uh we got back you know to the game and uh I had thrown I stopped throwing after about the fourth pitch because all the backfielders their numbers I was looking at their numbers because they were sitting there watching all this uh this thing, all this crap that was going on at the time. So I just stopped and I crossed my arms and then I motioned uh, for Bucks to come on out. And I said to Buck Martinez, the catcher, I said, I said, why don't we just get her ass off the field? He said, no, no, you're, they're getting it. They're getting it. So they did about a minute and a half later. And <clears throat> so I take a few more warm up pitches and, you know, finally Shambles comes up and uh, it was a high fastball. It was actually a ball. But he swung and he topped it, and uh, I didn't think the ball was going to carry out, but it it did. And uh, if if anybody's ever seen the Shambles thing where he pulled up in '76, or uh, you'll see me throw the pitch, ball goes up. He he tries, he rounds first and has his hands up, and there's people already on him, and he. He makes it towards second on the mound before I got off the mound. Actually, oh, it was insane. I was I've seen the video a hundred times and it was insane. And he couldn't even get around the bases. No, no. And uh, they even well, they stole they stole the pitching mound. They stole the bases. They stole the home plate. They stole so much grass. They didn't know if they were going to have uh, a World Series there if they could get the field back in shape because there's so much damage had been done. And uh, you know, to that that area, and you know, once I went up the runway, I, I, I went between New York's finest. They had all the big, you know, brass buttons on both sides and their belly clubs out, and they were going to turn them loose. <clears throat> and then, uh, and then they got the horses out there. Anytime bring bring the horses out, that's like bringing tanks onto the field. So there you go. So yeah, but uh, well, oh no, it's uh, I get I get asked that question. I, I mean, three three times a week usually. Still, but since the books <laughs> since the books have come out, and yeah, I, you know, I just might as well just. I haven't got any tattoos or anything. I might as well tattoo it on my forehead or something. You know. Yeah, <laughs> <I'm not sure>. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. It's like the first thing if you if if you go on your bio or anything like that or Google your name, that's like one of the first things right. that come up. So, but uh, yeah. well, we're. We're happy, though. You entertained us for so many years, and thank you so much for that. And I want to say thank you before I let you go. Thank you again to your dad uh, for his service to our country, and may he rest in peace. 
And next time I'm over at Arlington, I will I will stop by there for you. And uh, I appreciate that, Donna. Thank you so much. I absolutely yes. will. I promise you, Mark, I will. And uh, thank you again for coming on. And where can people get the book? Just Amazon? Yeah, you can go to Amazon, and uh, you can actually, if they're if they're on Facebook, I got some stuff to where I do a thing called Signed, Sealed, and Delivered, just like Elvis, you know, because uh, I, I actually go <laughs> to Martin Luther King Parade down here. That's in the book, too. My mom made a wrong turn. We ended up leading the Martin Luther King Parade march that ended up being a riot, so whatever. Anyway, that's oh, wow. another story in the book. But, yeah, you can go to Amazon or uh, on Facebook. You can look at, look look me up and, you know, people pretty much find me a little bit there. And uh, I've got two books, and uh, a third book will come out. It'll be about the coaching aspect, and that that's called Country Boy, What's Up Ramrod, with a question mark. And uh, I'll call the series Boot Heel Best, because I'm from a boot heel of Missouri. <laughs> Well, you'll have to come back on when that book gets published. Thanks. I've enjoyed it so much being with you. It's a fun night. Oh, thanks, Mark. This has been a blast. And thank you so much for taking time and coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And you have a great evening. Yeah, you too, Don. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Everyone, that was Mark Littell. And you can get his book on Amazon. And it is called Country Boy, Conveniently Wild. I am reading it right now. And I tell you what, it is fantastic absolutely quick reading too and funny and just very endearing and uh very honest so uh pick it up if you can i'm gonna take just a really quick break here and come right back on i'm gonna play a promo real quick for you and then i'm gonna bring our next guest on who is Tarek brock so hang tight there's no limitation to what you can accomplish Keep playing till you get it right. Pushing yourself again and again. Persistence can change failure into extraordinary achievements. You must train hard on the field. Fuel your body and get your rest. Yes, you can learn from anyone, but everyone is not your teacher. Talent wins games, but teamwork wins championships. It's time to learn communicate, motivate, and succeed on Tarek Brock Sports Talk right here on the Lions Radio Network. And that is the promo for a new show that's coming up. I'm really excited about it. I want to introduce you to one of our newest hosts on the Lions Radio Network, Tarek Brock. Hang on, let me get you on here. Hey, Tarek. Donna, how are you? I was listening to that intro and I'm like, who in the hell is he talking about? And he said my name. Like, oh, that's me. That's you, Derek. That's you. That was just awesome. You know what? It's, um, it's great. Yeah, I'm really excited for your show because it's really going to talk about a lot of stuff. I mean, it's like one of the things you said, you're going to cover everything from the amateur level all the way to the professional level. And with your experience, it just speaks volumes about your expertise in coaching and playing. So what are people going to expect on the show? Well, like, like I said, you know, we're going to cover everything from the amateur to the professional level. It, it's things that most sports shows don't talk about. 
because uh, it comes from my experience as being a parent of a collegiate athlete and a high school athlete, my experiences, and also my friends' experiences. So just like help with, with college recruiting, we'll have some college recruiters on. Help with scouting, we'll have some pro scouts on. You know, talk about coaching, we'll have some coaches on to help our high school coaches, you know, manage the time that they have with their players so that our players can just learn, you know, time discipline, time management, things like that. And then we'll talk about current events, things that's going on. So it's just going to cover a wide variety of things. And like I said, you know, I'm just a, a former player and a coach. I just want to sit down and talk about sports with others. And I think that's the cool thing about the show. Right. And the other thing, too, is you really want to engage the listeners to call in and ask questions or make comments and and just chat with you when the show is going, because that's a key part of, you know, trying to find out what people want to know is have them call in and ask the questions as well. So I want listeners just remember, you know, you can call in these shows. And the number to call in at any time and any of these shows is 646-668-8494. And we will always post that number prior to the shows starting. And a few minutes before going live, we will always post again. And that way you can contact us if you want to. Um, and also our website's getting ready to be uh, launched on, I think, Monday or Tuesday. So you'll be able to go there, too, and see what's going on with our shows and, and upcoming shows and actually be able to go there to the archive. And, um, Tarek, I, thanks for coming on tonight. I'm really excited, though, that um, – do you know who your first guest is going to be yet? Any hints? You know what? I have, I have a hint, um, but he's confirmed and he's good. We just got to get the schedules worked out because he'll be in spring training. You know, and he's a really cool, close friend of mine. Well, he's not a friend. I'm older than him, so. But, you know, I mentor him, so that that would be good. Uh, I don't want to name it just yet. You know, I got to hold it for a little bit. But he was involved in the trade. He's a Yeah, he was involved in the trade this off season. So that will be pretty good there. Uh, and then also, you know, whatever is going on at that time or, you know, from since the last time I talked to you, We'll talk about those things, too, you know, like the Michigan State thing. Uh, I, I just want to touch on that and just understand that we got to protect and treasure our young women and our young female students as well. Like, we have to do that, you know, in sports and as men, period. So that's something that we'll definitely talk about as well and talk about the Super Bowl, you know, coming up as well. So it's just, you know, it's just a little bit here, just a little bit there. And then, you know, of course, have people call in and ask questions. I think the really cool thing about it is that, you know, I am a coach currently, and so you can call and, you know, ask questions or give your opinions, and it's like it's okay, it's cool, it's fine. Some things I can't talk about. Some things I will just brush over just because, you know, I don't want to ruffle no feathers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have to be cautious because you're still with a big team right now, and um, and you guys are getting ready to go to spring training, and I'm I'm excited to get some updates from spring training as well, uh, which Tarek does often on my show. He'll call in like the last 15 minutes and give us an update. So we will be doing that as well as his show. So stay tuned to all of that good stuff. And I will announce uh, the days that he's going to be coming on 
you can get that on we're on twitter under the lions it's, twitter is at lions radio um and then the on facebook it's lions radio network so you can find all the information on there too and find upcoming shows uh archives like i said and uh you can find tarek there you can we're going to have our email addresses up there so if you have any questions or ideas for shows please let us know we love to hear from our listeners right tarek absolutely um, like any question you have just shoot it call like we'll answer it uh we'll get to people that that you know have ex- expertise in those areas just whatever we like we just want to inform you all, the listeners, because we appreciate you. That's right. We couldn't have our shows without them. That's for sure. Okay, Tarek. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go because I know that you're, you're super busy um, before you go to spring training. So I really appreciate the fact that you called in tonight. I, I just wanted to introduce you to the listeners because I know that, uh, they're going to be listening to your show all the time, right, listeners? <laughs> and um, let them know a little bit about the show because I think it's going to be fantastic. And uh, I I welcome you to the network and very excited to see where this goes for you. You know, it, it's a really cool thing because, you know, not too many times a coach gets to get a platform where he gets to, you know, speak his heart and, and answer questions. Most of the times that stuff is done through the team and, you know, you pretty much answer the questions that they said before you, but this one is just totally off the cuff, you know, and it's like, Hey, let's talk about soccer. Okay. Let's talk about soccer. I can learn some things. You can learn some things. So it's a good exchange in this friendship that we have through through the radio. So, and through the blog talk and through the Lions radio network, see like, see how to just roll right off. You got me excited yeah. already, and I'm still off of coaching mode, you know, because we have practice today. So I'm still rolling high off that coaching mode. And let me tell you, I had a re- just real quick, I had a real good conversation with the AL Gold Glove winner today. We just talked about his setup. We just talked about what he thinks. And, and it's, you would never know that players learn so much from other players. And it's not always notable players. Like he was telling me, you know, Kevin Pillar, that he learned his setup from a player. Uh, that's like, if I, if I mention his name, people are like, who? But it's like he learned so much. And so we just sit and just had a conversation inside the cage while his group was leaving and my group was coming in. But it's just those small little nuggets that you get that things that could be shared. It may help out some little kid out there. It may help out a coach. You know, it may help out a team. And if that's what this platform will do, Man, we're already winning. So exactly know that real quick. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for you, and I'm excited for the show because you do give great information. Anytime I've had you on, um, just your insight and your advice and recommendations are just so spot on. And and obviously, you love when you can get some you know information from callers too, and they ask questions. So. That's why I want to engage everyone. And like you said, it's just like sitting around having a conversation, drinking a beer and just talking with the guys and having the women call in and, and, and talk about, you know, what we were talking about with taking care of the young women and letting them have a voice, a platform to talk about how they're feeling about sports and what's going on in that world today. So I'm really excited yeah. for you, Tarek. Yeah. 
But before you go, let me speak to the ladies, to the ladies. Please, please they know, do. They know just as much or even more about sports than some of the guys. Some of the best conversations that I've had in my travels has been on airplanes with women who knew their sports. And I learned so much from those conversations. So, ladies, please call in. Like, it, it's cool. Say what you have to say. If you ask a question, there is no dumb question. Like, just let it flow. And I definitely will appreciate that. And I'm sure some of my players will appreciate it and listen to it because I do share my daily life with them about things that I've heard. And I've seen some women work out in gyms, and they work out a lot harder than some of the pro guys. I'm just saying. (laughs) So I'm saying, you know, the housewives, they get it in when they go to the gym. I've seen them. They're at my gym. You know, the career moms, they get it in. Like, after work, it's like they work all day long, and they come and they just work their hind parts off. So it's like, man, so you ladies have a form with me as well. I love the ladies. And also, um, also your wife, Kanika, is a fitness instructor and owns her own gym, and she'll be coming on every once in a while to talk about women's health and just health in general and working out. And I'm really excited about that because she really knows her stuff. And hopefully I can talk her into getting her own show on here. You know what? I, I am doing everything that I can to, to get her to come aboard with, you know, with all her experiences. But, you know, being that she has the track team, she has the MJG girls when they go out and tour. But she has some yeah. really good nuggets for women. So I'm still working on it. I think another box of chocolates. Low fat, of course, <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know, flour. I think I might win her over uh, to do so, but it's it's something that's that's just really, really cool. So, we're, yeah, we're well, you can have her on your. Show. She can call in and do like a ten minute thing, and at least give some women advice because she's really, really knowledgeable, and I would love to have her on. No, Donna, she needs her own. Like this is competition. You know, there's a competition in this household. She coaches, I coaches. It don't work that way. Like, we can't share the same platform. Do you know what our kids go through? You know, you'd be looking at the radio stats going, yeah, you'd be looking at the radio stats. I had 20 more listeners than you did last night. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, man, like, you know, it's like tennis. You know, we hit Chris one direction, he gets it from her. She hits it back, he gets it from me. So it's like, can you imagine living in a house with two coaches? That's tough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> poor little guy. He's precious. <laughs> he is so cute. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, both your boys are incredible. Okay, Tarek, well, listen, thank you so much. I'm so excited about your show, and we will be announcing when um, it's going to air, when your first show is going to run. We're figuring that out right now. And to the listeners, keep checking online. Radio Network on Facebook, and we'll have all the information there and also on Twitter. Absolutely. And even until then, you know, you can go on, um, start downloading some stuff on Twitter. So you can find me on either two places, right? So you can go to Brock Sports Talk. So I just, you know, just some little nuggets, daily nuggets. Even on Facebook, you can go to Tarek Talk as well. And I just have some little things just to make you think to motivate so you can get in the mind of a player in the mind of a champion. So it's like in my set of a champion, it's, it's like it's 
it's multifolded. So just know, you know, we, we're just always trying to groom winners. So I'm going to go ahead and get back to practice, keep kicking butt. That's what I do. And thank you so much for having me. Listeners, thank you. I look forward to hearing from you and maybe seeing you. Thanks, Tarek. I really appreciate it. You have a great evening. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Everyone, that was Tarek Brock. And he's also, uh, you can go to his Facebook page, Tarek Brock's Sports Talk uh, on Facebook, and you can get some information there. He has some motivational stuff he'll put on there daily as well. Again, uh, we'll let you know when his show is going to start. I want to thank you guys for tuning in tonight. I had a blast with Mark Littell. What a what an incredible man, uh, incredible baseball player, and such a funny guy down to earth. So please pick up his book. Uh, I know he would love for you guys to read it. I'm telling you to read it. It's fantastic. Country Boy, Conveniently Wild. And you can get it on Amazon. Thanks, everyone. Have a good evening. Welcome to Lions Radio Network, where the show takes you on a roaring adventure with entertaining and stimulating topics focusing on entertainment, sports, business, world news, along with many other topics. Whatever your interests are, you will find them right here on Lions Radio Network.